0: o'clock, and we have Ma'ariv at seven thirty. So we'll uh, get the show on the road. Uh, see you there, Mel. Wish you a long life. I know you have your yacht this evening, if I'm not mistaken. So I wish you a long life. All right, we're going to be dealing with women and tzitzit. Last, um, the last, the last of this week's parasha after the spas is the mitzvah of tzitzit. It's the last paragraph of the Shema, <coughs> so we're all familiar with that. We're, and it talks about uh, tzitzit and halachically. The obligation for tzitzit is one like so many other mitzvot that is uh, limited to men alone. And this is a Gemara that comes out in Masech This is the first source on the sheets here. Yeah? Kor mitzvot ase shazman grama. Or positive mitzvahs that are time bound. Those are men are obligated and women are exempt. Tano Rabbanu. Eizu mitzvot ase shazman grama. What are those mitzvahs that men are, what are they, that men are obligated women are? Sukkah, Valulav, Veshofar, Tzitzit, Vitzvillin. So those are the mitzvahs. Now it does actually extend beyond them a bit. But those are the the general outline of the mitzvahs that, um, sorry, the general outline of the mitzvahs that women are exempt from a men are. Now the difference between is, if you look at them, is that sukkah, lulav, and shofar, women, generally speaking, do. Not only do they do them, I think it would be fair to say that as far as shofar goes, women are as meticulous in the observance of the mitzvah shofar as men are. Lulav, less so, um, but I would say all women that come to shul, shake or lulav. Sukkah, um, many women sit in a sukkah as well, granted when there is limited space in a sukkah. But with regards to tzitzit and tefillin, um, there women, um, generally speaking, do not observe those mitzvot. So the question is, do they not or can they not? And that is what the question we're going to be dealing with this evening. So if this is this general obligation, we say men are obligated, women are patur. So exempt means not obligated, but doesn't mean one cannot. So we never, I've never heard anyone say that a woman cannot sit in a sukkah or a woman cannot uh, shake a lulav. But when it comes to tzitzit and tefillin, this is something that would be fair to say that in the orthodox world, we do not see women wearing tefillin and we do not see women wearing tzitzit or talit. So the question we're going to be doing is that because it's just, it's not done or is it actually prohibited? So we're going to go through a number of different sources to deal with the question. So let's first bring down the Rambam. Rambam says, as well as, Nashim bhavadim shirat sulit tatek tzitzit. So, women and slaves or servants. So the halachas are a slave, a Jewish slave that is working. So he too or, well, he too is exempt from positive time-bound mitzvahs. And the reason for that is because when your time does not belong to you, it is very hard to give multiple um, obligations. So why is a woman exempt from positive time-bound mitzvahs? So the simple reason, when Moshe talks about this, is the fact that a woman was historically... And I think to many cases still today, is that the time her time wasn't necessarily her own. The reality is that as a child rearing woman, her 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 physical body is far more necessary. Especially in the early years of child rearing, and therefore to put upon her obligations to do things at a specific time, like attend shul and shake lulav or do tzvulin, things that have to be done at a specific time, was unreasonable to think that she could be a mother as well as being able to fulfill these mitzvahs. So that's where the exemption came in. However, says the Rambam, if and the so same same thing's with the slave. A slave is his time's not his own. He wakes up when his master tells him to wake up, and he works. So, so to hear uh, women, but if they want to litate, if they want to wear it, sit mitat below They can wear, but they don't make a blessing. Now, this is the svari psak That farim if women do uh, positive time bound mitzvahs, they do not make a bracha. But Ashkenazim, we don't paskin like this rambam. We say that women can make a bracha. So, if a woman shakes a Lulav, she does make a bracha. If she was tzfari, she would not make a bracha. So, so too with all mitzvahs that women are exempt. If they want to, no problem. So you read in the Rambam, it says a woman wears The only thing is she's not allowed to make a blessing. The Ashkenazi equivalent would say that even if she wants to make a blessing, she can make a blessing. Now the Raavad um, is the one of the big uh, antagonists—not antagonists, one of the big crit- critics of the Rambam. And every time he sees something that he disagrees with the Rambam, he speaks up on it. He says, "Dafka." So this is a crucial fact and I'm going to bring, there's a verse that comes all the way, a little bit down here. In Pasha Ki There's a it's, the Torah says as follows. Uh, you may not wear shutness. What is shutness? It is wool and linen together. Gedilim Taselacha. But you must, and you must put fringes, you must put tzitzit on your garment. On the four corners of your garment. So what's the connection between these two consecutive verses? So the Gemara and Yavamut comes and says, So, Ordinarily, you're not allowed to wear wool and linen. It is a Torah prohibition to wear wool and linen. However, there's an exception. What's the exception? Tzitzit. And if your tzitzit are made of wool, and the garment that the tzitzit are are made of linen, so you're allowed to do that. Even though ordinarily that would be considered uh, shutness. Or vice versa. The garment, was of lin- uh, the garment was of linen and tzitzit was of wool. That would be a problem of shutness, except because of the juxtaposition of these two verses, So, because that's the case, now there's an exemption. However, now going back to our Rambam, so the Ravid comes and says, women may not wear tzitzit that are made of kilayim. Kilayim is shatness. Why? Because the only reason you allow, a man is allowed to wear tzitzit that is made of wool and linen is because he's got a specific mitzvah to do so. Women are exempt of that mitzvah. So therefore, since they're exempt, if they were to wear wool and linen together, they would not have the exemption of shutness. So if I wear shatnus tzitzit, that's fine. If a woman wanted to come and sits, it there was shatna, she'd be transgressing a Torah prohibition of wearing shutness because she doesn't have the exemption from the obligation of wearing shutness. That's, that's the logic that the ravats is coming over here. So that's the first thing. It's going to be one of the reasons why, why women don't. So the Ravah is not saying, just so we should know, it's not saying women can't wear tzitzit, just as they can't wear tzitzit made of shutness. Men can because they have the obligation. Women cannot. Now, a lot of the commentaries uh, over here Ask the question, because there are lots of positive mitzvahs that are time-bound that women are obligated in. And not only are they obligated, they're obligated exactly the same as men. So, for example, uh, making kiddush on a Friday night, the obligation of men and women is exactly the same. Eating matzah on Pesach, exactly the same. Now, why is a woman's obligation to eat matzah the same as a man's? So, they say, because everybody <coughs> who's got the negative prohibition of you cannot eat chametz has the Torah positive, pro- pro- positive obligation of eating matzah. Same tooth kiddush. Everyone who is obligated to not break Shabbat has the mitzvah to to keep Shabbat and make kiddush. So that's it. So the commentaries want to say, yeah, if there's a negative of shatnas that women can't wear shatnas, so they should also have the positive mitzvah of wearing uh, of wearing tzitzit. Same logic. So we don't pask in that way. Well, they For a whole bunch of different uh, commentaries, I saw in the Or-Samach, Um Osemach was a commentary on the Rambam. He says no, you can't compare the two. You can't compare the two. Kilaim, you know, Matzah and chametz are the flip side of the same coin. Kiddush and breaking Shabbos are the flip side of the same coin. Kila, you don't have to wear Kilaim for, you don't have to wear Shatnas for Tzitzit. It's just that you're allowed to wear Shatnas for Tzitzit. But it's not like if you do one, you can't do the, they're, they're two completely separate mitzvahs, but one unique exemption with regards to Tzitzit. Anyway, so it's not exactly the same, but um, that's the first point. So the Shulchan Aruch, when he wants to quote, quotes pretty much from the Rambam. It says, Women are, are exempt from tzitzit because they are positive time by mitzvahs. But the Ramah, the Ashkenazi uh, addendum, says as follows, Nevertheless, So quotes like the Rambam, if they want to wear tzitzit, they are in prerogative. Like all other positive mitzvahs. Ach, but it appears to be quite an arrogant behavior. Now, this is not something unique to women when it sits it. It's something that comes all over the Torah about people insisting on fulfilling mitzvahs that they don't have to fulfill. So the classic case that's brought to the beginning of Masechah Brachot is a Chatan on his night of his wedding is exempt from saying Kriyachma. Because of the nerves of the first night of the wedding, so he doesn't have to say Kriyat Shema. and says, but what happens if he says, I want to say Kriyat Shema? So the halacha is is Machzeki Yohura. It view it's viewed as arrogance. That he's like, Oh, you know what? Most grooms, their minds are all worried about the the wedding night. Me, I'm I'm so I can I can focus completely on the Shema. So that is a, a bad way of thinking about it, and says it is an arrogant way of thinking about it. And this Machzek Yohura is something that exists multiple times within, uh, you know, Halacha, about this concept of making sure that one does not come across as arrogant. So the Ramah says, that's why women don't wear tzitzit. Therefore, women should not wear tzitzit. gavra. And he gives a second one. It's, because it is not an obligation on the individual. Perush. What I mean. You have to distinguish between tzitzit and all the other mitzvahs. So the mitzvah of a lulav, or who's the mitzvah on? I have a mitzvah to shake a lulav. I have a mitzvah to sit in a sukkah. But I don't have a mitzvah to wear tzitzit. And that's the key. The mitzvah tzitzit is different to the other ones. Because the mitzvah tzitzit is that if you wear a four-cornered garment, you must make sure it has tzitzit on it. But you're not obligated to buy a four-corner garment. And if you don't have a four-corner garment, there's no obligation to put on tzitzit. So what you need to do, so as a woman, a woman's exempt from mitzvahs, and now she wants to obligate herself. So what she's got to do, she's not only that she have to buy a four-corner garment, and even if she had one, she wouldn't have to put tzitzit on, but now she's going to have to put tzitzit on a four-corner garment that she didn't have to get in the first place because there was never an obligation even on the man to wear tzitzit. So it says because this is sort of an, an additional level of going, going beyond the law to fulfill something that is not an obligation, that is viewed, according to the Ramah, as a form of, a, of a haughtiness. And therefore, it should not be done. Okay, so, so that's uh, his uh, rationale. So so far, we've seen two rationales for why women don't. One is the fact that there's this prohibition of kilaim, of sharpness, and we are concerned that if a woman wears sitzit, she might come to transgress the prohibition. The second pro- concern over here, <clears throat> is that there's a certain level of arrogance that to be associated with it because it is not a mitzvah that is obligated on the individual quite like um, all the other mitzvahs. Uh, Yuda, do you want to uh, unmute yourself and ask your question? Do we say the same about all other, obli- all other mitzvahs the women are not obligated in? That's also a sign of watching like <laughs> Phila and Lulav and Esther. Well, uh, as, as said so far, so it doesn't, so the, the Ramaz explanation over here helps us with um, all the others because the others are sukkah, lulav, uh, uh, a shofar, those are chiyov gavra. those are obligations on the individual. So if a woman wants to do something that she's not obligated herself, but the man is obligated himself, that wouldn't be a problem. But here there's no obligation on the individual to where it sits it. That's why it's a problem. What it doesn't answer, and that's beyond the scope of the shiru, is according to this logic, why can't a woman wear tefillin? So the the Ramah would have to bring a different reason why women don't wear tefillin. But he quotes over here, we're going to see another reason why this might be Mahzik Yuhura, but the Ramah's explanation, at least at this point, is the fact that it has to do with the fact that since this is not an obligation on the individual, it's an obligation on on the garment that the individual wears. So, therefore, it's, uh, it's too much to exp- for the woman to now go and purchase the garment, put on the tzitzit, and wear it when she doesn't have to. All right. So, the Mishnah Brewer... Um, okay, now, the Mishnah Brewer just uh, explains further what the Ramah is. So, the next opinion I want to bring is the Arukh HaShulchan. The Arukh HaShulchan, from a timing point of view, we're doing late 1800s, early 1900s, and he was a contemporary of the Mishnah Brewer. The Mishnah Brewer is, uh, is written by the Chofetz Chaim, and he, it is definitely a far more learned and practiced book on contemporary Jewish law for Ashkenazim, at least. The Aruch HaShulchan is a much more lambdisher book. It's something that has a lot more um, depth in it. Not depth. Um, much, more, much more comprehensive. So he deals with the question slightly differently. He says, "Aval says, so he's just, this is immediately after saying that women, if they want to put on tzitzit, they can. Absolutely. But, um, I've never seen this before. He says, I've never seen this, never happen. And all the more said to make a blessing. And I want to tell you, says the Aruch Husham, why this is different to the Shofar, Sukkah, and Lulav. All those other ones, it's one mitzvah a day. It's so one mitzvah a year. These are not mitzvot that are doing regularly. So how often does a person sit in a lulav, uh, sits in a sukkah? So for seven days a year. How often do they have shofar? One day a year, two days a year. These are all things that are once in a once in a blue moon. But, but um Uvaha mitzvah karega and the mitzvah goes past it, the a split, split second, He says so you can't compare it sits it you're wearing 24-7 or at least you're wearing half the day if you're wearing it during the daytime not at night so it says that's why it's makhseki because it's something that you're carrying all the time and it's a very very different kind of mitzvah to the mitzvah of, of the other kind so even like and this one sort of answers also tzvilin. so tefillin is something you do every day but it's not all day every day sits it or something all day every day so that's the first reason why he brings women don't wear it. number two odd but he says similarly to the Ramah. <coughs> there's no obligation for men to wear tzitzit. Now, I just want to parenthetically, when I was, when I was preparing Shira, I was thinking, what should I give on shit? Today? So one of the things I was, that I thought I would give it on, um, I'm not sure what I've got in a smaller crowd, but there was whether you need to wear tzitzit when you do exercise. Now, what, what's the argument? So often... I always used to get frustrated when I saw people wearing tzitzit when they exercised. It's was like, why are you wearing tzitzit when you exercise? But my did from the basic halakha, there's no obligation to wear tzitzit. Now, there's no one saying that it's a bad thing, but there's no obligation to wear tzitzit. There's no obligation, if I wear a four-corner garment, to put tzitzit on it. So, no one nowadays, Kim At, wears four-cornered garments. I, I don't think I've ever had a four-cornered garment that I've, that I've owned. But, so what do we do? We go, we want to fulfill a mitzvah, so we go and we purchase a four-corner garment in order to put tzitzit on. So now, to make it into a Chuvah gavra, to try and make it that now it's an obligation to wear it, is a bit of a stretch. Now, there's no question, there's a lot of sociological uh, concepts that have to be taken into account about wearing tzitzit and being a bentore, same as wearing a kippah. Might not be an obligation to wear a kippah, but every person wears a kippah, it's how it goes. But, um, this, just to get back to our point here, is similarly, says, there's not a cho- chover gavra. There's no obligation for the, for the individual. He says, that's what the ramah meant. So that's what he meant. He meant two things. One is there's no obligation on the individual. And now to do something 24-7 that is not an obligation at all, is something that uh, doesn't make any sense and we shouldn't have to do. Okay, so that's the third reason. So we've just to go back, we've had three reasons so far. One is our concern is the fact that women um, might come to wear shutness, that they, they'll come and wear something prohibited that they don't really have the exemption. Number two is that it looks like a sign of arrogance because they're doing a mitzvah that uh, is... Is not an obligation on the individual and uh, they're going to go and do it anyway number three is this fact that it is something that is a permanent mitzvah as opposed to all the others so it's not something that uh, we do once in a while and it's over in a second but something that is with you not only daily but all through the day the fourth reason that we're going to quote tonight is actually from the targum yonatan so if you open up your chumash You'll see that on the, uh, you've got the, the text of the Chumash, and then you've got something called Unculus. Unculus was the first real translation of the Torah into Aramaic by Unculus, who was a, was a Greek convert. And uh, it's not a pure translation. It's a translation with a bit of uh, interpretation. So uh, Rashi will often use Unculus to explain something. But there's another Targum, which is far more elaborative, and that is the Targum Yonatan Minuziel. And this is a very kabbalistic work. In fact, the Gomorrah and Megillah comes and says that when Yonatan Ben tried to translate the, um, the 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 Navi into Aramaic, that the world shook and wouldn't allow him to do it. So, if you want a little bit of uh, Jewish geography, so Rav Yonatan Ben Uziel never got married and was buried in a place just out of Tzfat called Amuka. And everyone who hasn't yet to find the shiroch would go to Amuk, it goes to Amuka, it's still now uh, quite a pilgrimage, and then within uh, 12 months, Rabbi Uziel, uh, the schut of Rabbi Uziel, will uh, find your shiroch. So that's a little bit of interest. I went there and uh, it worked. Yeah, uh, 10 years later, I found my shiroch. Alright, so, <coughs> so the, the, the pasuk in uh, also Osho, in uh, Kitaj says as follows, Lo yekli gevel geve arisha. A man, a no kli giver, A man's clothing should never be found on a woman. Now, ordinarily, what is that understood? A, so the targum Yonatan ben Uziel says, "Lo yeh gul'ayin de tzitzit u'tfilin tihin un tikune gaver al itza." So uh, we've got a translation of the Aramaic into Hebrew: "Lo yeh malbush al tzitzit tikune ish alisha." Things that are men's clothing a woman shouldn't wear. What are men's clothing? Sitsit and tefillin. Now, this is something that is—it's not controversial, but it's—it's it's something we don't often appreciate. That sitsit we today wear as 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 a mitzvah, and tefillin we do as a mitzvah as part of davening, and even sitzit salas these are parts of davening. But in essence, what they were supposed to be is part of our clothing. That the, that the tzitzit was part of our garment, the tzitzit. The tzitzit if you see, it says the uh, Laden that the nations of the world will see our tzitzit and they will be fearful of us, that the tzitzit were worn into war. That is part of the, it, was really part that you know, all day long men would wear tzitzit. Tzitzit weren't supposed to be just relegated to davening like they are today, they were part of our our dress, tzitzit and tzitzit. And tzitzit, whether it be a taliska do or like a taliskatan, these were all parts of our uh, our, our dress. So just as <coughs> something that has become part of a man's dress, a woman shouldn't wear, so, so too Tefillin to, to and Sitzit women shouldn't wear because it is a clear given. Okay, now that is something that is surmountable because nowadays, even though there's still the, the Torah prohibition of wearing women's garments or a woman wearing men's garments still exists today, but most of this we get around because things have changed over the passage of time. So for example... Once, uh, 20, 30 years ago, if a woman wore pants, that was considered this prohibition of a woman wearing men's clothing. But nowadays, uh, pants that women wear are women's pants. They don't, they don't look anything like men's pants. They cut differently, they, sh- they, they have a completely different shape. And therefore, this issue would not be an issue. Now, whether there's new issues aside, there's no Torah prohibition of women wearing men's clothing. So at the moment, women don't wear tzitzit. Tzitzit are considered men's clothing. But were a woman to develop a uh, woman's sit so it would, I don't know, let's say it would be part of a dress or it would be part of uh, the coloring of it or the design of it was such that it would be very clearly not a man's garment. So then this would not be a problem because uh, because uh, you're not wearing a man's clothing anymore. These are clearly women's clothing. So excuse the excuse me saying this in the, in, in the, in the pejorative terms, but it's like if you were to have you know, a uh, plink florally uh, it on a plink bag it, so that would not, no man would be wearing that. Man's just the man's it or white, or maybe white or some black stripes, that's it. But if it were pink stripes or or blue stripes or something, then perhaps there wouldn't be the problem. All right, so we've gone through four different um, approaches to this issue. It says, number one is that it looks like arrogance of a slightly different order. You know, because it's not an obligation of the individual, so it might come across as being rather arrogant, That the woman's doing all the time. The concern of shutness, um, the regularity we've talked about, and wearing a man's clothes. So, now, so can a woman wear tzitzit? So, we cannot dismiss these, uh, all these objections. One thing is clear from all these rabbis is that they were trying to find the reason as to why women don't do it. Even though it's halakhically there doesn't seem any reason why women can't do it, they try to figure out why women don't do it. So that being said, is one could particularly, uh, you know, potentially put the answers that we're given the right, right kind of um, circumstance. A woman would be able to wear tzitzit with no problem whatsoever. So for example, the arrogance. So is the arrogance something that is external or internal? Meaning, if a woman were to wear sitset and tuck her in, that no one knew she was wearing would that arrogance be an issue? So one could argue, yes, it's still an issue because she knows she's wearing there and she might think she's better than others because, you know, she, oh, she's not obligated. She has none of these obligations. She's still doing it. But perhaps one could argue, no, because it's something that is very tzitzit and very private. No one knows about it. So maybe there isn't that concern. As far as the concern of shatnas, we don't, generally speaking, we don't have that concern anymore. We don't make a linen sit-sit anymore. It's all pretty much, but you could make, that's something that's easy to ensure. And again, we saw it in the Ravard not that women come can't wear tzitzit because uh, it says that she must make sure when she wears tzitzit that they are not shatnas. As far as the regularity of the tzitzit, as well Lula, we said that was all point concern, the Arachashuchan's understanding of a way of circumventing the arrogance. And as far as a woman's garment, so as long as she doesn't wear, doesn't go to the, you know, gold regular tzitzit but rather either makes her own or does something that makes it clear that this is not a man that if a man so if anyone saw that tzitzit they would say those are not men's tzitzit so seemingly you'd be able to circumvent all of these concerns and allow women you know women would be able to wear tzitzit to best of my knowledge (coughs) i've never met a woman that wears tzitzit um, or a talus an observant woman but um, that being said is it's clear that there's a it doesn't seem to be any, any prohibition. If anything, the Rambam is very clear, as is the Shoranarov, that you can. Just we've got to be concerned, like everything in life, when we've got to do something different, to the way it's always done before, we have to be concerned that our egos are not the thing driving us. So when you have the obligation, it's easy to say, the reason I'm doing this is because it's a mitzvah. But when you don't have an obligation, you want to do it, then all of a sudden one can, be, uh, one can question one's motives a lot more. Whether one should or shouldn't is another question, but we always got to be questioning our own motives as to why we're doing something that we don't have to do. All right, everybody. So, as my apologies, but uh, we're going to probably be changing the timing of shear in the upcoming week as a result of Marif shifting time. But um, to that end, if uh, I, I've got five more minutes before I have to walk downstairs, I know Mister Glazer has to get running to make sure he makes Marif. But um, yeah. Yeah, but what happens in an all-woman service that does, does the, 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 the Balakriya or, or whatever does? Is that person wear a um, Well, in an all-woman service, there shouldn't be uh, any Torah reading, at least not with brachot. They might uh, do Torah reading without brachot, But a talis for Torah reading is only out of covered uh, Sibur. Not out of a mitzvah, so it would be a different context whether she would or wouldn't promise that it would be a man's garment because the talus is man's garment So my guess is they probably don't There are ways of showing covered at tzibur without wearing a talus. We do it with a talus But it could be done for example in certain communities. You just got to wear a jacket or you wear a hat Because it's covered at tzibur our community. We wear a talus because that's the german minag Yeah, you Rabbi, you didn't answer about wearing tzitzit during exercise. Ah, so, so I, I researched the topic. Um, there's definitely people who say that you 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 should, you can, but um, we never did and yeshiva. Rav lichtenstein to the best of my knowledge, never. Rav lichtenstein used to play a lot of basketball. To the best of my knowledge, he did not wear tzitzit when he was basketball. I think the answer is much more sociological than it is halachic. It's hard to argue. That there's an obligation to wear tzitzit while you're running, considering there's no obligation to wear tzitzit ever. So to now say, well, there actually is while you're doubling, so that that's big, uh, while you're running, that's much harder. I think um, I think pragmatic concerns really need to come into effect. Is that uh, I I personally never wear tzitzit while I'm exercising, largely because the tzitzit that I wear, or I have to wear a vest, and then I wear the tzitzit over the vest, and then I wear a shirt over the tzitzit. Just becomes a very, very uh, difficult way to do it. So I personally don't, but um, listen, someone who does is not doing anything wrong. But I definitely don't believe one has to wear sit-sit while they're exercising. All right, I gotta get downstairs. All right, everybody, Laila Tov, thank you. Thank you. It. Cheers, Cardi Cheers, Lee. You. Nice Bye. to see you all. Bye, guys.